the promise that I issue to you is that by one o'clock today, you will know more than you do now. LBC 97.3 Mystery Hour with James O'Brien. Three minutes after 12, you're listening to LBC 97.3. And this is your weekly opportunity to get an answer to any question that you want. The only criteria for inclusion are that it is not dull, and on that I'm afraid the switchboard's decision is final, and not repetitious. So if we've had it, dealt with it, and done it recently, you won't be allowed to do it again. That's why we've just bid farewell to a fellow who rang in asking why people run around tracks in the anti-clockwise direction that they run around tracks. We've done that. It's on the website. We've got a Mystery Hour archive up and running at lbc.co.uk. We also have an Olympic lane at the moment. It means that if you've got a question that is related to the Olympics, you can cue barge in the way that the Olympic family have been doing at traffic lights and indeed junctions across the capital for the best part of a fortnight now. Uh, When you hear me say the number, it means there's a phone line free. When you don't hear me say the number, it means that there isn't. Does that make sense? So I didn't say it then, which means that there isn't. But now we've bid farewell to that fellow with the question about the anti-clockwise running around the track. It might mean that in a moment there is. So I would say 08456060973. That's it. If you hear someone else ask a question to which you know the answer, then you are duty-bound to ring in and you might win a round of applause. Indeed, a round of applause prompts the first question of the day that's come in via text, something we don't normally admit, but in this case I'm prepared to. Question. Whose clap do you use for the round of applause? A lot of people have asked me that over the years. We've been doing Mystery Hour. I've never got around to answering. We have a small group of people on work experience in the corner of the studio who turn up every Thursday and when I give them the signal do this. <laughs> Thanks guys, great work. Uh, Karina is on the M3. Karina, question or answer? It's a question, James. It would be, wouldn't it? Of course. Being the first one of the week, it would have been a little odd if you were answering a question that hasn't been asked yet. Is it? Is it, You seem to have come through, correct me if I'm wrong, you seem to have come through on the Olympic lane. Oh, that's right, yeah. Oh. I'm on my way to the Olympics, actually. Oh, it's Olympic-tastic. What do you want to know? I want to know why in the Olympic stadium do they use lanes two to nine? What's wrong with lane one? Quite confusing, that, isn't it? Yeah. I, too, would probably have asked that if I was allowed to ask questions on my own mystery hour. It well, is, I've it's, been watching it, and I've been wondering athletics, why. Lane one hasn't been used at all, has it? No, not at all. So why bother with it? Why not just call it one to eight? Yeah. It's a, it's a good question. I presume... Well, why do I even presume anything? I don't know. Uh, what are you going to see today? We're going to the women's football final at Wembley this evening. I say. Have you been to anything yet? No, unfortunately not. I've been trying to get tickets for other things. So we're going to go on the cable car over in East oh, London. Oh, that'll be there. fun. That'll be, be fun. Good. No, you'll have a lovely time. I do hope you enjoy it. And I hope I get you an answer to your Olympic lane question before you head off to the footy this evening. Six minutes after 12, 0845 Jackson Carshalton. Jack, question or answer? Question, please. Go on, mate. These finance are around at the moment. If one of them lands on my windscreen and I drive five miles up the road and it's still alive and it flies off, will it be able to make its way back to the nest? I see. And, and entomology at six minutes after 12 on a Thursday. Why wouldn't it? Because it's come so far from the nest. Yeah, I suppose that's all a bit like if I get on the, the wrong train and end up in Edinburgh, yes. not realising where I was going. But you, I mean, being a human being, would still remember your address. So, and the flying ants specifically. We spoke to a bloke, didn't we, on the day it was supposed to happen, and it didn't happen that day. I, I noticed a lot of them yesterday. Yeah, I had loads yesterday. Yesterday yeah. seemed to be flying ant day in West London. Uh, it was quite odd that it was about a fortnight after we spoke to the expert in preparation for what we thought was going to be flying ant day that day. So, what can you remember? Do they definitely go back to a nest? Or they fly around? 
I then, have no idea. No, they go, he's told us something about a queen ant. I can't remember. There's several flying ant-related mysteries there, but the central one you want answered is the question of if you, if you picked one up and carried it 20 miles away, would it be able to find its way home? Yeah. Why do you want to know? Uh... Just feel a bit guilty yesterday. There's so many on the screen, they might be starving children ants. Little baby ants, urchin ants, orphan ants. There's probably a mummy ant back at base going, Oh, where's my little Anthony? Uh, Jack, thank you. 08456060973, if you know the number, if you know the answer to that question. Trevor is in Rochester. Trevor, question or answer? Hi, question. Another one about insects, I'm afraid. What? <clears throat> Are you all right there, Trevor? You sound like you've got a frog in your throat. No, it's probably an insect. Go, go, go um, on. I've um, always wondered, I'm about to go up to Scotland. Oh, if you yeah. go up there to at this time of year, you get absolutely inundated by these little black things that they call midges. You do. Now, they're not the same as the gnat that we get here. No, they're specific. What I, want, what I want to know is you always find them in the highlands, but what keeps them there? Because it can't be the altitude, because you get them at sea level in the highlands, if you see what I mean. But there must be something that keeps them in that area and stops them spreading all around the country. Why are midges confined to Scotland or yeah. to the highlands of Scotland? Is it not? Is it probably the same as to why mosquitoes are generally found near water? It'll be some sort of meteorological or geographical concern. Yeah, but you get mozzies all over the place. You don't get these midges. No, they are confined yeah, the, to the, the highlands the, of Scotland. I remember they had to yeah. they had to curtail filming of them. Do you remember the Monarch of the Glen with Richard Bryars that was on the telly for a while? Yeah, that was great. They they had to curtail filming of that one. So it was a story I did when yeah. I was a gossip columnist. One of the few ones that was true. Uh, they had to curtail filming because <laughs> of an invasion of midges. They, they actually couldn't film because there were so many around for about a three-day period. And yet you yeah. never, ever get tell of them in, in the south, do you? you know, or, or, no. Or even in the north of England. I like that. Why are you going to Scotland? Are you going for the festival? No, no. I, um, it's a place my my partner and I used to go to a lot, and she's recently died, and I just want to go, go up there and get out of the way for a bit. That's oh, all. bless you, mate. Just, but but a... it, it just, it just um, it reminded me of that question that I could never answer, and I thought you're the one to ask. Oh, the pressure's on now, Trevor, isn't it, eh? You've put, us, you've put our backs to the wall now with this, but I, I hope you have a lovely trip, and it, and, it, and it gives you everything you're hoping to find up there. I really do. Great, but, thanks, mate. No, you look after yourself. It'd probably be inappropriate of me at this point to try to flog tickets for my appearance at the Edinburgh Festival next Saturday, so I won't. Stephanie's in Wapping. Stephanie, question or answer? Hi, James. Question, please. Come on, then. Um, why can I always smell burnt toast on a train between Waterloo and Clapham Junction? Mm, do you catch the same train every day? No. So it's, um, it's that journey, it's, burnt toast. No, but it's on different trains going different places, but always between Waterloo and Clapham Junction. Oh, I burnt see. Toast. Okay. <laughs> I, I, oh, I like that. And you're, you're sure <laughs> this is accurate? It's definitely burnt toast and it's definitely sure. constant? Yeah. No, I am, yeah. <laughs> so there must be some sort of factory there, mustn't there? Like a biscuit I factory. That. A biscuit factory? There used to be a biscuit factory in Manchester that we... Uh, that, that sm but that smelled of biscuits, not burnt toast. I can't imagine toast, burnt yeah, toast. Yeah, why would it ever smell like toast? A burnt, a burnt toast or toast toast? Toasted Cooking toast. Cooking toast slash burnt toast. Well, I, well, hang on. There's a very distinct difference <laughs> between toasted toast and burnt toast. Does it smell unpleasant, acrid, carboniferous? Mm, a little bit. <laughs> so, finished toast. It smells like toast you could yeah. still eat, or exactly. it smells like toast you'd have to scrape into the sink before you could eat it? 
Um, well, my mum would probably eat it. I'd probably I eat it too. I like, I like, no, I like a bit of bite in my toast. Yeah, funnily so enough, you're not alone. Everyone in the production I office know. is nodding familiarly. Oh, really? Yes. See, the, one of the problems <laughs> with being me. chauffeur-driven around London is that you don't get exposed to these sort of olfactory <laughs> treats. Stephanie, I, I wish. I just have never picked up on that. Burnt toast between Waterloo and Clapham Junction. I love that. Midges in Scotland. Why only in Scotland? And why in the Olympics? Are the athletes competing in lanes two to nine? Well, it just seems ridiculous. Why not call them one to eight? What's wrong with lane one? Where are we going next? Let's go to Paul in Harlow. Paul, question or answer? Question, please, James. Yes. I want to know, is there a limit to pain? What are you thinking of doing, Paul? I'm not thinking of doing anything. It's just a very strange question that popped into my head a little while back, and I just cannot figure it out i've got no idea how to figure it out remarkably i've been i've been reading about this recently and and there is there is the opposite to your question some people and particularly actually athletes that's what i was reading about in the context of the olympics have a lower uh, or a higher threshold they can endure more pain so someone like mo farrow or a marathon runner unsurprisingly or indeed a rower will will be able to endure more pain than than i can or, or or an average person can and and everybody eventually reaches a point where they would just pass out from pain. The message from the brain to the body would be, shut down now. So, does that answer your question? Half. Which half? We need someone medical. Well, you will pass out. You can't, you can't have infinitely increased... If I, if I hooked you up to a machine and, and turned it up to four, and you started jumping up and down a bit, and then I went up to five, and you started screaming, and then I went up to six, what you're asking is... Um, does this scale, does this dial go up forever, infinitely? Yes. If, but it doesn't, because you, you will pass out. So the scale would go up forever until you pass out? Yeah, and it'd be different for different people. There's no objective maximum pain threshold. I think you deserve a round of applause. You think what? I think you deserve a round of applause. Thank you, Paul. Well done, work experienced people. Fred's in Harrow Road. Fred, question or answer? Uh, question, James. Splendid. Why is a stroke called a stroke? Oh, I used to know this, but I don't remember it, so I won't try to answer. Why do you want to know? I just had one. You've just had a stroke? Yeah. And you don't know why it's called a stroke? No. I love the idea that you've just dealt with the finest medical brains that Britain has to offer, but you didn't ask them this. You thought you'd wait until mystery hour. Well, because I was released early, so I just wanted to be at home. Of course you did. How are you getting on? Um, memory's gone. Has it? A little bit. And a loss of sight to the right. I'm sorry to other hear that. that. Other than that, you wouldn't even know it if you saw me again. No, same with my mum, Fred, who had, had one two or three years ago. Have you had a visit from the physio yet? I'm having it every day. That's, so not, that's the only reason I'm at work today. I haven't, um... I haven't had a booking for today, so I wanted to come back to work. Fantastic. You, 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 d- d- this is, I know you don't need me to tell you this, but hang upon their every word. Whatever the physios tell you to do, do it double, all right? Oh, I, I am. I, I am. know you are. I know you are. But that is absolutely, as I say with my mum, that's the, the, the one thing I learned, is that you cannot do too much of what they tell mm. you to do. Because it's like a machine, the body. It's like a sort of engine, oh, yeah. and you, you just need to retune yours. Mm. We'll get you an answer. a lot more rest. Well, yeah, well, that's always good advice. We'll get you an answer to that. Why is a stroke called a stroke? And look after yourself, Fred. Uh, Angie's in Tunbridge Wells. Question or answer, Angie? Hi, James. It's a question. It's on behalf of my son. How old Um, is he? Sorry. How old is your son? He's 12. 12. Splendid. Carry Um, on. We were were having a conversation last night. I told him he needed an early night. 
And he said, how did I know? And I told him I could see dark rings around his eyes. And he asked me why we get dark rings around our eyes when we're tired. And I couldn't answer. So I told him that I would ring up and ask you today. And he's listening at home. What's his name? His name's Sebastian. Sebastian, your mother is a woman of impeccable taste and perspicacity. (laughs) And we will now fulfil her faith in our abilities to answer these questions. Uh, You're at work, are you? And he's at home. I am. I I remember those summer holidays. I hope he doesn't set fire to the chip pan like I did when my mum was at work and I was at home at his age. I hope so too. That would be terrible. <laughs> I'm sorry for putting that thought in your mind. Let's get let's get you an It's amazing that none of us have ever thought of that. Why? There must be something to do with blood, mustn't it? Let's get Angie an answer. In fact, we are uh, we have an we have an inundation, if that's even a noun. We have a veritable cornucopia of questions. We need some answers. If you've heard anyone ask a question to which you know the answer, call now. Why are the Olympic lanes numbered two to nine? Why are midges only in Scotland? Why is there a smell of burnt toast? We may have a special celebrity answerer on that one, standing by. Why is there a smell of burnt toast between Waterloo and Clapham Junction? Uh, why is a stroke called a stroke? What causes dark rings? Why does fatigue cause dark rings round our eyes? And if a flying ant flies too far, can it find its way home? Twelve sixteen. The promise that I issue to you is that by one o'clock today, you will know more than you do now. LBC 97.3 Mystery Hour with James O'Brien. 20 minutes after 12. Thank you for your kind words about my archery adventure. I will not be going to Rio, but I did enjoy it enormously and would heartily recommend it to anybody. Um, uh, can I withdraw that gratitude from the person who tweeted the words cow's arse and banjo spring to mind? I, I, I don't think that was necessary. I hit the gold twice. Getting good. If you can think of anything else that shouldn't work on the radio that we should perhaps turn our attention to on this programme, following on from trampolining, birdwatching and archery, James O'Brien's quest to do things on the radio that shouldn't work upon the radio continues, but only with your help. So do send me your suggestions. Tweet them is probably the best thing to do to at Mr. James OB. Let's crack on with Mystery Hour. Tony's uh, near Marlow. Tony, question or answer? Uh, it's a question. Come on, then. N- nice, easy one. Um, on. My son wanted to know whether if you gathered up all the money in the world and then shared it amongst everyone in the world... Is he some sort of communist? How much will we all get? <laughs> I think he's after a bit of money, actually. That, so, well, I don't know. Can you put a figure on the total amount well, of money in the world? In it, well, it'd have to be probably, like, you know, like billion, the amount of But if we did it now, and, if we did it now... It would have changed by now. That's what inflation yeah. is, isn't it? Well, and with quantitative easing factored into the equation, and, and look at the situation in Zimbabwe. I mean, there's countries in the world where they're printing money hand over fist to keep up with inflation. Well, a rough answer, you know. I'm not, I'm not expecting miracles. All right, 500 quid. Yeah, you yeah, think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I, might, I, might hold, I might hold off on the applause on that one, Tony, until someone's chipped <laughs> in with something a little bit more considered. All right. So a rough, a rough division of the currency in the world between the population of the world and it's just money is it it's paper and coins we're not looking at gold and jewelry or anything like that no no just sort of yeah just sort of like assets money you, um, could, you see you could count the total amount of money held on deposit in banks couldn't you yeah. something that someone might know we'll find out frankly okay. i wouldn't tell him not how old is he 14 14 tell him not to hold his breath on I this won't. <laughs> have a great day the pair of you curtis is in lewisham curtis question or answer um question james come on then uh, the question is, um, I do asked, he said, if the royal family and parliament is wiped out, who takes over? Who runs the country? We just have another election. But if there's no one there to 
the civil service yeah. would, would sort of step into the breach. You'd, you'd, you'd have you could have an election the next day. You'd elect a government immediately. Okay. Don't you think? Um, and, and don't forget that it's an enormously long line of succession. I mean, the, the, the royals are never going to be in the picture, really, because they don't rule the country. They just ratify it. But you'd end up, you could find someone. They couldn't wipe out the entire royal family. And if, they, if, if every single member of parliament, if a latter-day Guido Fawkes were to succeed in blowing up the House of Commons and the House of Lords, you could fill it up again the next day. Okay, I'm going to give it an answer. I like that answer. I'm going to give myself a round of applause for it. <laughs> Always good to keep the work experience children busy as well. Curtis, uh, enjoy and, and pass that on. But remember to do so with that paternal air of omniscience that you can only sustain for a few more years. Linda's in Weybridge. Linda, question or answer? Question again. Go on, I then. keep ringing in about horses. Well, that's all right. We all have our enthusiasms. <laughs> what do you want to know about horses this week? <laughs> um, watching the equestrian. We really have enjoyed it. Me too. Dogs wag their tails when they're happy. Correct. Do horses do anything, and do they know when they've had a good run? Nay. No. Nay. All right. They whinny, don't they? Nay, nay, all right. They whinny when they win. They whinny. Do they? Oh, go on, you're quick this morning. (laughs) I don't know about that. I don't think I'm going to win any prizes. So what would we be looking... I I mean, what other animals, apart from a dog? A cat purrs. Yes. Uh... I don't, that's it really, isn't it? I mean, uh, sort of a happy animal. How do you tell if a horse is happy? I like that, actually. Let's, let's put it on the board. But are, are you a, a horsewoman yourself, Linda, or are you strictly no, from the sidelines? <laughs> I'm a from dog the, woman. You're a dog, a dog woman, really? It's, 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 oh, no. Hit the cutting room floor in the last Batman film. I will get you an answer to that, dog woman, I promise. It's 24 minutes after 12. How can you tell if a horse is happy? Nick's in Putney. Question or answer, Nick? Uh, it's a question. Come on, then. Uh, right. This first time call, a little bit nervous. No need to be. It it's only Mystery Hour. No, no one ever gets a coating yeah. on Mystery Hour. I know the answer to the last question, by the way. Uh, tough. Uh, the no, don't spoil it. Come on, you're only oh. allowed your question. Crack on. It's just, that was it, but never mind. Um, it's, uh, how, why is it the Royal Navy, yes. the Royal Air Force, yes. but not the Royal Army? Regiments. Regiments. So the army is a collation of regiments, many of which were royal. The Royal Fusiliers, for example, the Royal Engineers. So the army itself is, is, is like an umbrella organisation which contains regiments which are often royal. The RAF and the Navy are, are self-contained. Within, uh, okay. Are they not regiments within the, the Navy and the Air no. Force? No, you have no? You have squadrons and divisions and things like that, but it's not the same. They're not, they're not uh, deployed separately. Right, my, uh... Royal Marines being part of the Navy. Right, I should have asked my granddad, really. Why? He's a, well, he, he's a vice admiral in the navy. A vice admiral <laughs> in the navy. You thought you'd ask me he instead. Was, he, I, I, he was. Well, I thought. It, I thought. It, I thought it yeah. was going to be a, deemed a worthy question of your of your, of your show. Nah. Things, but uh, nah, I think we might have done it before. I don't mean to sound smug. I, I'm, gl- I'm glad. <laughs> you, I'm glad you didn't trouble your esteemed former vice admiral grandfather with that question. Oh no, he's very busy. Very busy. Uh, exactly. I feel he should be <laughs> concerning himself with weightier matters. Of course. And also, I mean, in a way, by asking that question, you've, you've, you've kept the work experience crowd in the corner busy, which is always good. There they go again. Thank you, Nick. Miel's in Croydon. Miel, question or answer? It's an answer, James. Marvellous. It's about the Olympics lane. Yes. Uh, the lanes two to nine is used because you have to eliminate man-made sort of drag factors, and the innermost lane has such an acute curvature that the sprinter would be held back. It's It's... 
they won't be able to accelerate. But why, why don't they just call lane two lane one? Oh, that I don't know. Ah. <laughs> but uh, in a circular thing, it's, it's always, th- that's the reason why uh, lanes two to nine is used. Be- because that one. one, yeah, but that, that, that then, of course, prompts the question of why lane one is there at all, doesn't it? Oh, oh no, that, that it's there because um, if you're a long distance runner, if it's, say, I don't know, uh, 10,000 metres or something. No, we're getting somewhere now. Then, then that drag effect doesn't come in. Because you're not pe- pegging it quite as fast. Yeah, it's only for sprints. I think you might have done it. What are your qualifications? Uh, I'm a doctor, but I, that's not my quality. You know, I just read a lot about <laughs> physics and stuff like that. No, I don't, I just, you're a doctor. You should have just said, trust me, I'm a doctor. <laughs> but that makes sense. So in a sprint, so in a 400 or a 100, or a, I mean, the 100 less so, because you don't go around the corner, but obviously in the 200 and the 400, you use yeah. lanes two to nine so that no one is really leaning. But in a long distance race, it doesn't matter because the pace is slower. So the, yeah. I'm going to give you a round of applause for that, Mio. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you. Ian's in Norbury. Ian, question or answer? Uh, it's an answer. Marvellous. It's uh, concerning the flying ants. Yes, well, well, the question was, for people just joining us, if a flying ant lands on your car windscreen and travels for 10 miles and then flies off again unharmed, will it be able to find its way home? Will it want to well, find its way home? For one thing, he won't be going home, um, because the whole point of the flying ants is, uh, first of all, the um, some select males develop wings, Right. And the, the female, the, who's going to be the queen of, of the next ant nest, she flies up as far as she can. The one who's strongest gets to her, inseminates her, then she comes down and makes her nest. Oh. So they're never going to go back home. Once, once she's been inseminated, they're on their own? She, then the other males just, I don't know, go and play. And, don't they fly know. off to find food for her, like bees? No, no, no. She takes care of, of herself. The, the males only have one function. Yes, I We're know. We're talking about ants, of course. Uh, well, you say that, Ian. Uh, <laughs> what are your qualifications? I listened to Miss Lusworth, my um, botany teacher, when I was at school, and I was a teacher myself. That'll do nicely. So, you this, from a doctor to a teacher. <laughs> Thank you. Splendid stuff. Uh, it's approaching half past 12. Robert, you'll be up first after the travel news, I think. I, I, I don't, because we've only got 20 seconds. Not the travel news, the proper news. The news news. The St. Peter's news, which is imminent. There's a slight addendum to that answer about why the army isn't royal. It, 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 the, the regiments that are royal and the regiments that aren't royal are often related to the Civil War, when, of course, Cromwell removed royalty temporarily from the country entirely. Uh, don't try to get through yet, but jump for your phone next time I give you a heads up. You're listening to James O'Brien on LBC 97.3. It's 12.30. The promise that I issue to you is that by one o'clock today, you will know more than you do now. LBC 97.3 Mystery Hour with James O'Brien. 32 minutes after 12. Questions still in need of an answer. Why are midges apparently confined to the highlands of Scotland? Why 
Do you detect a smell of burning toast between Waterloo and Clapham Junction stations? Why is a stroke called a stroke? What causes dark rings? Why does fatigue cause dark rings under our eyes? If all the money in the world was divided between all the people in the world, approximately speaking, how much would we all get? Uh, And how can you tell if a horse is happy? That sounds like the first line of a joke, that, doesn't it? How can you tell if a horse is happy? What was it we ended up with last week? Oh, all those questions about what you call a man with a spade in his head. Doug, and then the lady who bumped into someone on a bus with a snake on their head. I, I digress. Download the podcast. I think you had to be there. Robert is in Ballam. Question or answer? Hello, James. Uh, I have an answer for you. Good man. Marvellous. Uh, it's the answer to the burnt toast between Waterloo and Clapham Junction. Not far from where you are. Uh, very close, yeah. It's... um. At the railway arches, just near Vauxhall Station, there's a coffee depot, and they roast the coffee there. Oh, what a beautiful answer. Really? So it's completely true. You do detect a, a roasty, burny smell. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you can detect it in the, in, the, in the streets in the area as well. Must but, get quite uh, annoying. Get yeah. <laughs> no, I, I love coffee, so there's no problem. Me too. Why, but it, uh, you detect a smell of coffee. The, the, the woman who asked the question was, was describing it as a burnt toast sort of smell. Yeah, that does I, make sense, doesn't it? I think, uh, as it was up and around i think the smell slightly changes but now she knows it's coffee she'll probably pick up the coffee more she should do yeah it's funny how the brain does that do you want to know something really weird what's that do you have any lemon scented washing up liquid in your house uh i do yeah have, have you got it handy uh not handy go, go, go and get it i'll come back to you in a minute seriously stay <laughs> on the line this is the weirdest thing you've ever heard on the radio genuine live are you going to do that for me robert Okay, I'm just trying to find it, yeah. If you've got lemon-scented washing up liquid, it won't work if you haven't. Just just, just don't worry. T- tell the truth. We'll come back to you in a second. Abdul's in Swindon. Abdul, question or answer? I have a question, uh, James. Come on, Abdul. Um, I think I've uh, inherited this from my dad, and mm. um, I'm a, a weird one. I'm a, I'm a loud sneezer, James. Okay. Uh, How loud? Uh, <laughs> pretty loud. Um, uh I think there was um, one of those stories that came up in the paper the last time when uh, uh, I think a lady had an accident and she was sneezing and or, or she sneezed while she was Yes, talking. she put her shoulder out of joint or dislocated her <laughs> neck or something like that. It does happen. Something like that, yeah. So uh, I'm very loud in, 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 in this way. I've got a one-year-old awake or asleep if I sneeze. Um, she's, 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 she's literally crying because obviously it's... it's, it's really? You, you traumatise your child with your sneezing <laughs> volume? This is it. I mean, Have you I not tried to sort of hold it in? I've, I've, my wife is is, is 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 what I call a perfect sneezer. She just does that whole hold the nose thing. Barely no. Yeah. Very and feminine, quite delicate. Then, I like her already. <laughs> but you're like a great big ogre of a sneezer. Literally, I mean, I've, I've been to, you know, uh, uh, parents' evenings and all that. And, yeah. Uh, when it's time to sneeze, it's... it's well, how often do you sneeze? I mean, volume aside, well, quality aside, what about the quantity? Yeah. <laughs> Are you sne- do you have allergies or, or a permanent cold? No, I've got, I've got a hay fever that comes on, you know. Ah, but, so but, there's allergies. How big's your nose? Not that big. No, so it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not related to the size of your nose. And do you take a long run up? Do you sort of do a... It's literally like, yeah, if you're sitting next to me and left and right... And people think you're putting it on. People think you're drawing attention to yourself, but you're honestly, honestly not. My my sister-in-law literally looks at me and 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 says, "Did you just make that up?" Or yeah. you, know, they, you know, it's literally like. Why does so? The question is, why does Abdul sneeze so loudly? <laughs> why does Abdul and my dad, which I think is is you know some genetic dad, link? And are you looking for are you looking for help or just 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 enlightenment? <laughs> I think an answer. I think oh, an just answer. enlightenment, <laughs> then. You don't want any help. 
Because it'd be changing who you are. It'd be like meddling with your DNA if we'd started fiddling with your sneeze. This is it. You yeah, wouldn't be I mean, Abdul anymore. You'd be sort of Abdul light. <laughs> let's get you an answer. I love that. Take care. Yes, uh, let's go back to Robert in Ballam. Robert, have you got your lemon-scented washing-up liquid at hand? I have it ready, yes. Right. Describe the bottle to me. Uh, it's kind of uh, oval-looking. Yeah. Uh, Everything's yellow, right? Has it got a yellowy thing going on? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I promise you that when you smell that, take the lid off and smell it, you will not smell lemons, you will smell oranges. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not exactly what I would say, lemons. Uh, oranges. It's more, it's more oranges than lemon, yeah, I agree. You, you don't <laughs> sound gobsmacked. No, I've never noticed it before. Uh, yeah, but you don't notice it before. It's the same with the coffee at the roasting depot in Vauxhall that she thought was toast, but now she knows it's coffee, she'll know it's coffee. Lemon-scented washing-up liquid has orange in it, not lemon. Oh, there you go. Oh, well, you learn something every day. Can you it? sound a bit more <laughs> excited? This is epoch-making <laughs> history radio in the blinking live-making. Absolutely. Thank you. Okay. Give me a round of applause. <laughs> and give him one, because he actually got the question right. It's a Costa Coffee depot, apparently. <laughs> and why does Abdul sneeze so loudly? I think we should be told. Felicity's in Southampton. Question or answer, Felicity? It's an answer. Did you know that about lemon washing up liquid? I didn't, and I was very excited, and my cat Minnie was rolling over on the floor. You see, if it had been you, <laughs> we'd have had a proper expression of excitement, enthusiasm, instead I know. of Robert's sort of quite laid back, generally, whatever. Anyway, what, what's your answer? Like with my horse, he'd be flipping his tail. Ah, <laughs> I get a hint of what question you may be answering now. Yes, it's your horsey one. You can tell, more or less, get a good idea and tell what horses are thinking and feeling, mainly by their ears, but their tails as well. What do their ears do? Well, when they if you're looking at horses, if you often watch horse races, um, when when they're coming up to the line, particularly the horse in the front, their ears will be flat back. Yes. Often because they're working very hard and they're concentrating and okay. listening to their rider, and and they do have a you know an inbuilt desire to to be first. Most of them do. Well, that's the of idea. Course, yes. And when they go over the line, you often see their ears come flicking straight up forward because ah. they get they know that they've won and they really enjoy it. And when you're riding a horse, you can feel this. And when you're competing on a horse, often that you'll see the way when you, you talk to your horse, their ears will go backwards and forwards and t- twitch. And they're sort of listening to you as oh, you're communicating lovely. with them. So the ears are the best then, giveaway. What do the tails do? Yeah. Well, the tails sort of work in sync. Obviously, they use their tails for flies and things. But if you're with a horse and his ears are flicking about and they're going back and his tail's flicking around his backside, then... I would say that he's probably not very happy. They're irrit- ir- irritated, it sounds. It looks irritated. Yeah, it's... It, yeah, and uh, it's how, the ears of the giveaway. Yes. I like that. You've earned a round of applause. I, I presume I know your, what your qualifications are, but you better tell me anyway. Oh, um, I used to compete at um, eventing and dressage, and I've um, owned horses all my life. How good them. were you? Um, pretty good. <laughs> did you, did you, did you, do you know any of the Olympians? I, I don't, know. I, I um, sort of, you know, got married, so Fair did other things instead. Just but I wise. kept on breeding, me, me and what? my mum. That's, bred enough, that's just quite enough information, thank you very much. <laughs> I, I don't need to know any more about your family. The, uh, breeding horses! Oh, I beg your pardon, I do, I, I, I do apologise. I was going to say, breeding with your mother? What sort of a family is yeah. this? I've heard strange things about life in the New Forest, but that is... Uh, yeah, we bred event horses. Oh, that's exciting. Um, uh, how can you tell if a horse is really sad? Um... Well, quite often, if their ears sometimes flip out to the side, and, they, and their eyes just look really sort of okay. dull, and, so it's, and not, it's their body language, and they often hunch up, and you can kind of just tell 
when they're not not right. From, and it's, from the, it's the ears, yeah, from, really, that are giveaway. And the, and the long face. Yeah, yeah, and the long face. <laughs> Thank you for politely indulging my rubbish joke. Has Felicity had her <laughs> round of applause? Let's give it to her quickly and pretend that last gag never happened. Dee's in Enfield. Question or answer, Dee? An answer. Marvellous. Uh, why is a stroke called a stroke? Yes. It comes from the Greek word called um, apoplexy, which means uh, being struck down. How, how does it come from the word apoplexy? Because apoplexy means struck down. Oh, I see. So you've been struck. So if you've had a stroke, you've been struck down. Because it's suddenly, it happens suddenly, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But that's just that comes from struck D. It doesn't. It comes from well, strike struck, stroke. It's got stroke. nothing to do with apoplexy. You were struck down at a stroke. Oh, but anyway, that's where it comes from. <laughs> but why did you? Oh, so I'm, I'm confused because it's got nothing to do with apoplexy. If it came from apoplexy, it would be called a apoplex or something like that. It's called a stroke, which comes from the English word strike. You've been struck. It's no, a stroke. No, no, no. It means you've been struck down. Apoplexy. You've been struck but, down. But, but the English word stroke has not. That's where the. St- stroke comes from you see apoplexy is greek so the relationship between the word stroke and the word apoplexy is i mean well my mum had a stroke many many years yeah, ago and too. we were led to believe that's where the word came oh, oh, from okay i'm going to give you a round of applause but if i'm honest more out of politeness than anything else <laughs> <laughs> ella's on the m1 ella question or answer it's a question james yes why are there so few poisonous animals in the UK. Because there's so many humans. Really? Yeah, of course. Where do you get a lot of poisonous animals? Australia. Very big country, not a lot of humans. Not a lot of humans. Who are you talking to? It's actually a question, but... Um, why why didn't driving. he ring in himself? Oh, he's all right. Because he's don't... driving! All right, well, the, why are there so few poisonous <laughs> animals in the UK? I, partly... I don't really buy that, James, to be honest. Can you explain a little bit? Yeah, of course I will. You, 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 I mean, what is the first thing humans do when they colonise an area is they get rid of threats. They're the ultimate predator. They're at the top of most food chains. So you might as well ask, why are there so few wild animals in the UK? You know, why are there so few lions yeah, and tigers? Yeah, because that's another thing, but we thought that was a bit too branching out. No, it's the same principle. Wherever humankind is most populous, threats to humankind will be most diminished. So you get it. I mean, obviously the climate's going to play a role in poisonous uh, animals as well. So, you know, they can't survive yeah. in cold in cold climates. If they carry venom, they're probably more suited to exotic climes and tropical climes. But generally speaking, if the jungle was hugely populated, it wouldn't be as full of poisonous creatures, would it? Because the humans would have got rid of them. Predators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I feel like I'm on the phone to my dad. What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> what's your boyfriend's What's your boyfriend's name? Joe. All right, Joe and Ella. I, I I thank you for your involvement. Next time, I want it the other way around. I want Ella to be driving and Joe to ask the question. Work experience, people. Thank you. <laughs> Keeping them busy. They all compete with each other. You can probably tell they're sort of because one of them's going to get a job at the end of the year. Bruce is in Oxted. Bruce, question or answer? Good morning, James. Hello, question, please. Yes. Go on. Olympic question from my wife. Splendid. She was watching the Olympic road races. Yes. And the cyclists are racing around for hours on end. Oh. And she wondered, how do they take a comfort break? She didn't see them stop or no, well, they don't uh, go stop. behind a bush. They don't. They don't stop. For five so, hours? Yeah. Well, they do sweat a lot, and that does get a lot of liquid out of the system. I mean, remember, they're taking liquid on board. 
all the time because they're losing liquid all the time. But what your wife really is asking is, do they wet themselves sometimes? Yeah, or worse. Well, no, not worse. You'd know. I mean, Paula Radcliffe springs to mind. Bless her cotton socks. That was came to my mind too. Yeah. Well, we'll leave it there, shall we? The, 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 the but, question. But I'm not sure about the sweating games because we do a lot of competition dancing, and we I sweat profusely, and I still need to keep going to the loo. Do you? you remember your biology? Uh, respiration, byproduct respiration is water. So you're actually giving out more water than you're taking in. Yes, but you, but you, I, I, I mean, you're not a, I mean, I, I grant you competition dancing is a taxing discipline and, and very strenuous. But if you were told you couldn't go to the loo, you'd probably be able to hold it in. I'll tell you what, if you crossed your legs, your tango would be better. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> then up on the floor. Oh, all right. But you, you would probably be able to hold it in if you had to. Um, not for five hours. Not for five, no, no one, so what do you, okay, so you think they must let one go then? Uh, do they have these fancy nappies or something? No, you can, no way, you can tell the religion of some of them in those skin-tight suits, you can, there's no way they're wearing nappies. I, uh, I, yeah, Michael Phelps has revealed that he, he wheezes in the pool, so the question isn't that indelicate, do, do the cyclists on the really long road races, do they, well, do they? I don't know. Do they? Do I know you don't know. I'm just praising your question, Bruce. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing. Do they? Right. Is the question? So do, do, when, on long journeys, cyclists who need to do they do they do it? Uh, do you want the good news or the bad news? Uh, any news? Any news? Jay Louis uh, Knight in the LBC ninety-seven point three Travel Centre is itching to give her latest bulletin, but claims that she actually knows the answer to this. Let's go and find out. <laughs> Come on, then. Yes, they do, actually. What? Mine, they do. What? They do. They just they wet do themselves. What? They do what? They do, yes. We? Yeah, what? My, my, <laughs> honestly, my husband does Ironman triathlons, and um, he just wheezes on his bike. And on with the travel <laughs> news. The other travel news. Thank you very much. So the promise that I issue to you is that by one o'clock today, you will know more than you do now. LBC 97.3 Mystery Hour with James O'Brien. It's 12.50. You're listening to LBC 97.3 Mystery Hour continues. Justin's in haze. Justin, question or answer? It's an answer, James. Come on, Justin. Right. The answer depends on what question you're asking, if hey? I'm honest. Well, obviously. Um, it's the... <laughs> Well, it's the uh, the poisonous animal question. Yes. Um, you answered the question, are there any venomous animals in the country? There aren't. No. Because venom is the snakes that bite, cobras and whatnot. Yeah. There are loads of poisonous animals, because not... poison is what you ingest. Right. One is injected, one is ingested. So if it's poisonous animals, loads. Like? The black adder, uh, the wolf spider. You mean if I, I, ate, you mean if I ate the whole spider, I'd be in trouble? Well, if you ate the body, I mean, I don't think you have to eat the legs. No, but, but I'd have to, so, in the same way that you can, so you'd like, to use fungi as an example, poisonous fungi, you have to eat, yeah. it, can't, it can't, yeah, I think they meant venomous. Then venomous, there used to be, but there aren't anymore. Because we And the reason they died out, nope, oh. is because we introduced species from other countries that killed them all. Predators. We had, no, we had nothing to do with it. The whole... Well, we you know, did. We introduced the species. I, I, did, I, I, didn't, know, I didn't mean the human not. beings had run around killing all the things. I meant that they had sort of husbandried their way to safety. You, you don't want to be living cheap by jail with something that can kill you. That's well, why no, there aren't any here. You end up like here. an Aussie, don't you? You, you what? 
I said, then you end up like an Aussie. Yes, yeah, you do. And they've got all <laughs> sorts of problems. They've got massive problems with foxes and rabbits at the moment. You know why foxes were introduced to Australia? Poisonous foxes. Not poisonous foxes. foxes. No, but, but killer foxes, just so that people could go hunting. What are your qualifications? Because I don't think you're getting any of the round of applause I already gave to myself. Uh, well, you know, greed is inherent in the corporate machine. Well, what, what, are, but... what are your qualifications? Well, personally, none, but mate Tom is bonkers on him. So mm. every time you go around his house, you kind of assume uh, a lot of knowledge through... So he... Osmosis. Osmosis. All right, give him one then, quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne's, Wayne's in Basildon. Question or answer, Wayne? It's an answer, James. Come it's going to be my hat trick. No, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's about the uh, loud sneezing. Yes. Right, I used to be a loud sneezer. Did you? Um, how many, years, of, how many to... years have you been in recovery? Uh, well, this is, a, <laughs> this is about eight years ago now. Congratulations, I, what, what mate. Was, Congratulations. <laughs> Go on. I've done, done my back in um, in my previous job. Yes. And when I went to the doctors, I said that it really hurts when I sneeze. Mm. And he said to me, well, have you tried, when you feel a, a sneeze coming on, if you empty your lungs, it lessens the, the force of the sneeze, which means I sneeze quieter now and it's nowhere near as violent. So if he wants to stop it, that's what he needs to do. Empty his lungs when he feels a sneeze coming on, because that's the fuel to the explosion, so to speak. Quality answer, that, actually. Because you do that thing, you <gasps> if you breathe in, yeah. then you're going to do an enormous sneeze. If you actually consciously exhale, you'll do a nice little delicate. So you, well, I mean, you now sneeze like a girl? Uh, no, I still sneeze like a man. You know? Well, not really. Uh, well, de de define a girly sneeze, a manly sneeze. All right. Achoo! That's you, that is. Achoo! That's me. That's purely sexist. <laughs> Give him a round of applause. <laughs> three, three. <laughs> He's getting there. Hat-trick! Some happy people listening today, Wayne. Take it easy. Good afternoon, James, writes Paul in an email that I thought I'd share. I am at this moment in time sitting in a room four metres from the Jubilee line, which is 31 metres underground. And I was asked the very same question yesterday about where the smell of toast was coming from. Guess what? We had just burnt our toast and the extractor fans were taking the smell out onto the platform. Sorry, I can't dial you. <laughs> oh, London, I love you. So, uh, where are we going next? Uh, Steve's in Shoreditch. Steve, question or answer? Good afternoon. Um, I, I've got a question. Yes. I want to know uh, what's stronger, a house made from shredded wheat or a house made from wheat a bit? Why, I've been why, thinking about this a lot. Why do you want to know? Well, I... I you know, if one was to build a house made from wheat a bit... Yes. No, I know. The, I understand the question. Wheat. I don't understand the motivation. Why do you want to know? Are you, are you thinking of doing it? Are you, are you rewriting the Three Little Pigs for the 21st century? Just... just okay, Weetabix. Weetabix. You think Weetabix? No, I, definitely Weetabix. Less, why, less why? susceptible to rain. They've got higher density. You're not allowed supplementary think, questions. You've I, got your answer. Round of applause. Andy's in stains. Andy, question or answer? It's an answer, James. Go on, then. Um, the, the comfort break... Oh, no, no, look, we've done that one. You partly did it. Oh. It was partly, partly right. All right, then. Um, generally, they will uh, pull over to the side of the road, do their business, yeah. get back on and cycle off. The camera doesn't generally no. pick up on it. Right. They can either, if they're with their teammates, their teammates will, will group around them, and he'll whip it out and do it while he's cycling. What? With his, with his teammates surrounding him, so it's not too obvious. Really? 
Yes. But in the uh, road race for the, uh, the Olympics, the camera actually showed them pulling over and doing their wee on the side of the road. Right, so Jay Louise was right because in the triathlon, you, right. well, you, in the triathlon, you've already been for a swim. So frankly, exactly, it, it doesn't yes. really matter, does it? I suppose. No. But so in, in, the, in the your specific cycling, road race, you could you could pull over or you could go in the saddle, so to speak. That's correct. <laughs> Qualifications, Andrew. A cyclist long long ago and an avid Tour de France watcher for the last twenty five years. Have you ever done it in the saddle? Uh, no. no <laughs> I did something else. I did something else when I got knocked off once. Oh, yes, I dare say. That's a conversation for another day. Matthew's in Kenley. Question or answer, Matthew? It's an answer, James. Come on, then. Midgers. Midgers. They're not just found in Scotland. They are found all over the country. A midge and a gnat are actually the same thing. Okay. It's just, well, people call it, and a gnat, I think, is anything that'll bite. Basically. Right, I so, see. So a midge is a type but, um, of gnat. Exactly, exactly. Um, but no, you'll just find them anywhere that's wet, really. So, I mean, I'm from a place called Glossop, which which has an area called the Gnat Hole. I know Glossop. Um, oh, right, okay. I used, well, to live in, I used to live in Birchvale. Do you know Birchvale? Or is it Hollingworth? Hollingworth, the village of Hollingworth, just up the oh, road? Oh, you're in Hollingworth. No, well, yeah, I know Hollingworth as well. Yeah, wow. my, my dad was on the, uh, what was he on? Probably the whole daily, no, it wouldn't be the whole daily mail. I think he was working out of the Manchester office of the Daily Telegraph we lived in Hollingworth. He used to go swimming at oh, Glossop wow. Baths every Saturday morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've spent a lot of um, summer holidays at Glossop Baths. You, you weren't expecting wow. that when you rang London's biggest conversation, were you? No, I wasn't. You hit me with that one. <laughs> go on. Um, so the gnat hole is, is wet. Where it's very peaty, and that's probably why you'll find a lot of them in the Highlands. But you'll find them absolutely anywhere that, that's just rural and wet. It's meteorological and geographical conditions that are just particularly pre- prevalent in those parts where we automatically think of them. Exactly. That, that's why you'll never find them in a city centre. Great stuff. You've done it, and you've earned this. They're looking tired now, those over to those work experience kids. I've got to tell you that I don't remember the last time we had so many rounds of applause in one mystery hour. Kim's in Seven Oaks. Kim, question or answer? Answer. Hello. Hello. Regarding the stroke. Yes. Um, a stroke is a cerebrovascular accident, CBA. It is. Yes. And it happens so quick, it happens in a stroke. That's it, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. So it's, it is literally comes from the word stroke, not the word apoplexy, bless her cotton socks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, qualifications? Well, I work for Eye Care uh, Day Centre. It's a rehab centre for people who have suffered strokes. No, I need some proper. I, I need some proper qualifications if you're going to answer a well, question about. Well, I found about... my manager, and <laughs> that's what she told me. Pat George gave me the answer. <laughs> from Eye Care. Well, you better share this then. <laughs> and finally, Charles is in Kent. Question or answer, Charles? Well, I think your answer's wrong on the wheat of Vicks and the shredded wheat. You've I got, reckon it'd be definitely shredded wheat. You've got ten seconds. Why would a shredded wheat right. house be stronger wheat. than a Weetabix house? Right, it's constructed as a... It's, a, it's like a manufactured uh, piece of structure, in effect. It's, it's designed to be a structure. Um, the other stuff goes soggy in the bowl. You try, you leave it in the bowl yeah, and... I, I stand, you know, I, 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 stand, no, I, I stand corrected. Have a round of applause. Well, or don't, because we're out of time. We'll do it again tomorrow from 10. I owe you a round of applause, Charles. I'm James O'Brien. This is LBC 97.3, and this is Julia Harley.